Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're going to love this. Hundreds of Macy's Cyber Week specials are here and ready for gifting online and in store. Like boots and booties for her. Buy one, get one free. Mixers, air fryers, and more. 20% plus an extra 20% off. And find gifts for him and her. Coats, sweaters, tops. 50 to 60% off. Macy's Cyber Week specials now through Wednesday. Savings off regular prices, exclusions apply. Macy's Star Rewards now offers benefits everyone can enjoy no matter how they pay. Sign up for free in store or at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Once again, I am Brian Anthony Davis, along with you, for that extravaganza right about 24 hours after the Pittsburgh Steelers play every week. For the first time in seven weeks, we have a game that we're not so happy about the outcome, but that's okay. It's a long season. Look, there was a mile-high letdown. Actually, let's call it a mile-low letdown yesterday. 24 to 17 at the hands of the Denver Broncos, a team who I don't think is as bad as many people think that they are, and as their record shows, and they are actually making a run at the playoffs as we speak. But so the Pittsburgh Steelers lost 24-17. So the six-game winning streak is over. So there's a lot of blame to be floating around, a lot of fingers being pointed in so many different directions, and that's something we'll discuss in our 45 minutes to an hour together. But first, let's point the finger at my favorite co-host, once again, my good friend, Tony Defio. Hey, Brian, good to be with you again after uh, such a heart-wrenching loss. And if you want to point the finger at me, that's fine, because there's certainly a lot of blame to go around. But uh, Well, it's... It, it was the first loss in a while. What were you so wearing? What were you wearing? I was wearing a uh, a 
black shirt, I think, and a uh, and, and blue jeans. Nothing steel Okay, uh, is that what the you were wearing the the previous six weeks? No, I, I actually looked nice yesterday, so that's probably probably explain why I why, why they lost. So we will point the finger at you. I uh, I was wearing an Alejandro Alejandro Villanueva white road jersey, which uh, you know I've I've won in that jersey before, but he. Uh, he did score a touchdown, so of course, usually the guy that I wear does something pretty good during the game. So I, I try to do that more and more. But uh, with that being said, <laughs> I'm very superstitious, and we can probably spend an entire hour talking about superstition. But let's talk about the loss. Let's talk about where the Steelers go from here. And a very big question we're going to talk about. We're going to spend some time talking about uh, James Conner as well, and. Uh, who should we point the finger at there? Should we point it at James or should we actually point the finger at the organization and the coaching staff and the game plan? So lots of stuff to talk about there, but your initial knee jerk reaction of this game, Tony. Uh, wow. I mean, I thought they played really well on offense and defense, but I mean, the, the great equalizer in, in, in football is turnovers, and, and, and especially yesterday, the situations where they turned the football over, I don't think I've ever seen them leave as many points on the field as they did yesterday. They actually left more on the field than they put on the scoreboard. So my initial reaction is if they would just hold on to the ball, they probably would have won that game by three touchdowns. Now, what is your knee-jerk reaction of the game plan? I mean, it could be good. It could be bad. I'm just curious. A lot of people have a lot of different things to say about it. I actually, I mean, I, I think, you know, they, they've done well this year when they've given Connor the ball, uh, you, know, uh, you know, 25, 30 times, somewhere in there. But, I mean, it was working. I mean, it was working yesterday. I mean, 527 yards, they, they, were, they, were, they put themselves in, in so many – optimal position to score points and they just I mean the mental errors the physical errors that they made I mean Xavier Grimble and and the two picks by Ben uh, just and obviously Connor's fumble it's just I mean James Washington he probably would have had a touchdown if if he would have just tried to dive for that ball in the third quarter it was just I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing it's just I, I thought the game plan and they probably could have ran Connor a little bit more, but I mean, it's hard to argue with the, with the overall results. It's just the execution was just horrific. I mean, it's just once Xavier Grimble got the ball rolling, it's just like it was <laughs> the snowball just went right down the uh, Colorado mountains. It's just, it just kept going and never stopped the entire. Well, Tony, you know, I will. That's something that I will agree on. I mean, I like the game plan. Um, I do want to talk about how they are use, utilizing James Conner. Uh, that's something that actually concerns me in a way. But uh, with that being said, I thought they came out and had a very good plan for the Denver Broncos, but they ignored one very specific thing, and that's something that we will talk about a little bit later. But what I want to talk about now is let's grade this performance. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at the offense. We, you already touched, touched on it with the amount of yards that they got. But um, who are you going to go ahead and, you know, finger point at for having the best day as the valedictorian of this team first? Uh, it's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for sure. I mean, I think that's, that goes without saying. I mean, what, 13 catches, 180 yards, and that touchdown. And he's just such – he's becoming such a – he's just no longer a, a great story and just a great person. He's, he's a great receiver. He just is. He is – I mean, no doubt. You, you could say he's benefiting from from, from A B and the, the double coverage, but I mean, the the moves he put on the, on those on those guys and during that play, it's just it was just he's he's the real deal. I mean, I, I think he's the real deal, and uh, he yeah. he gets my vote for that. My vote too. The only player in history to have two. 97-plus-yard touchdowns in NFL history, and he did it in 13 months. That's just yeah. absolutely amazing. And he just turned 22 on the 22nd of November, which happened to be Thanksgiving Day. So uh, a very nice birthday gift for uh, JJSS. 
And I, I, I tell you what, I think that guy is a superstar, but I just love his attitude. I love his demeanor. I love his exuberance. love everything about him. I wish I could be more Juju. And last year, it was Big <laughs> Al Villanueva who made a comment that everybody needs a little Juju in their life. And that's, that's 100%. And the Steelers are blessed to have that man on their team. Now, uh, we can go Absolutely. ahead and... Uh, we can go ahead and grade that offensive performance. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. Um, how many yards did you say they put up? 526? 527. Okay, 527. So, I mean, that is a masterful performance. Ben, I mean, another 400 yards plus day, almost near 500. Just a fantastic day, but you know, I think those interceptions trump it. The, uh, he claims that uh, there were chicanery involved in each interception, but look, that interception to lose the game, there wasn't going to be intercepted by Harris. Someone else was going to grab it. I mean, because I, it might have been the Absolutely. other Harris that, that could have grabbed yeah. it. I mean, that was no – I mean – I don't understand their insistence of throwing right across the middle on the three, four-yard line. They did did it against New England. It failed. They did it against Jacksonville. It almost failed. But uh, luckily, uh, they uh, tried to decapitate uh, our good man Ryan Switzer, and they got another chance at that, and they called that penalty. Uh, Yesterday, there was just just no excuse on it. I don't like that call. I love when I'm talking about game plan. I'm not loving the game plan when they, when they're inside a minute or right outside a minute left in the game, needing that touchdown on the three and just slinging it all around. Me, I want to see James Conner. I want to see them pound the ball with the best offensive line in football and then get creative. And Rosie Nix. And Rosie Nix. And look, I know they went yeah. to. They went to James Conner on that drive, but it was a delayed handoff out of the shotgun. Oh, that was doomed from the start. I mean, he got a little bit out of it, but I I just did not think that was a very innovative. And they played, they coached innovative the entire game. So I really liked that. But Xavier Grimble, I mean, luck. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he has a job. I mean, he would be in my doghouse for the rest of the year. And it's not because he fumbled. The fumble was inexcusable. But downright irreprehensible was his excuse for the fumble. Did you hear this, Tony? He he knew he could have probably uh, stepped inside and, and went in untouched, but he wanted to run through him, which doesn't make any sense. What statement are you trying to make? He wanted to punish a Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So he it, wanted it, it to embarrass dumb. the guy. Well, he did yeah. embarrass the guy. He embarrassed lots of guys. Right. He embarrassed all the yeah. Steeler Nation. He embarrassed himself. That was irreprehensible. And like I said, he would be in my doghouse for the rest of his – the Steeler career would end after this year, probably after that, because that that's you above the team. And I, I have no place for that. Now, the other guys now, will complain. Look, James Conner's fumble was a lot different. James Conner pulled off a, a beautiful run after a catch. Gosh, they, they destroyed two fantastic run after catches, um, runs after catch. And, but this one, he left, he left his feet too. I don't know why he was really leaving his feet down there, um, that helped cause the fumble. I'm not sure what happened, but that was more of an effort fumble from me. And so, look, I'll make ex- I'll I'll say, look, there's no excuse for fumble, but there's no excuse. For, I mean, but there is an excuse for the fact that that guy was doing completely different of a routine than what Xavier Grimble was. This guy was playing with heart, and he was going for it. Um, he wasn't really – I don't feel like he was going for style points or punishment points like Grimble was. So I'll go ahead and – not excusing the fumble. I mean, he's got to take care of that ball. But uh, a combat 
runner is going to fumble the ball, and that's something that we've got to know, but not in that situation. Uh, but, Tony, with that being said, you know, four turnovers, almost a fifth. Um, when when Switzer – I mean, Switzer uh, almost coughed up the ball in a kickoff or a punt, um, so they're covering yeah. five. I mean, and they still almost won that game. So what grade will we go ahead despite all that? I mean, huge numbers, great splash plays, great innovation. I mean, we'll throw in – the, even though it's a special teams play, but the pass from Boswell to Villanueva, that was fantastic. We'll throw that in on offense yeah. for just the purposes of, right. of the show tonight. So, But where can we grade that? I mean, it, you have to finish. I mean, you have to finish. That's that's the bottom line. And and and, and, and the, the, the turnovers are just so costly and, and so Ill, ill-timed. I'd, I'd have to go with a, a C-minus or a D-plus because <laughs> – I mean, even even Ben's first pick, I think that was even, in a lot of ways, worse than the second one because because they had control of the game at that point. They're at midfield and they're up 17-10 after Juju score and 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 on that play to to AB, if I'm you know I, I, it's hard to see the whole field, but I think Vance McDonald was coming open on the other side across the field. If he hits him there, you know, if they score any points on that drive, they probably win the game easily. So I'm going to give them. I'll be generous because of of the uh, the yardage and, and the innovation. I'm going to give him a, a C minus. That's a very fair grade. Now let's shift over to the defense. Not many great highlights on the defense, as far as everything goes. Um, Hargrave and Hayward had a nice sack. I thought Vince Williams had a very good game. Um, he was flying around the ball. He had a sack too. Um, but here's the thing. They're not getting any turnovers. Once again, no. that's not happening, and they're getting no interceptions, hardly at all. Um, I feel like they let Philip Lindsay run all over them, which we talked about him last week, how he's a, a McCaffrey-type player. He's very dangerous, and it showed why he is uh, he's just a rookie sensation right now in Denver, and that guy's only going to get better. So with that being said, with the fact that Philip Lindsay's running all over him, their Case Keenum had just enough time on a patchwork offensive line. They the pressure that they were given Blake Bortles was not getting to getting through to a guy like Case Keenum. So that wasn't happening. Then you let Manny Sanders run completely all over you. And I am not denying Emmanuel Sanders whatsoever. He is a talent. He's the best receiver on that team. He was a good receiver on this team. He's a great receiver for Denver. Um, they couldn't they couldn't stop Emmanuel Sanders either. It seems like that the uh, pass defense regressed in that game. But what regressed most to me was the fact all of a sudden they can't stop a tight end again. And they were yeah. stopping better – Tight ends, then I can't pronounce his name. Herman, Herman, Lacoste. and Lacoste, and you know yeah. they. Uh, so they they were those guys were put in the effort. They looked like they looked like uh, you know world beaters out there, and Pittsburgh helped them look like world beaters. So the defense took a step back. So if you're going to throw a grade out at the offense at a, a C minus, maybe a B plus. What are you going to do with the defense, Tony? I think uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a C because I think it, it, it did it did enough to win the game overall. If the offense wouldn't have turned the ball over as many times as it did, you know, I think when, when you're when you think your team's going to score and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you're back on the field again, it's easy it's easy to have a letdown. I think that's what happened. On, on I mean, the, the two the, the, the two um, turnovers there in the third quarter they led directly to the touchdowns. You know, and, and you can't you can't excuse the defense totally because on the first one, Manny Sanders, like you said, he got he got behind Joe Hayden, which was a surprise because he's been shutting down even better receivers all year. But then the second one, they just I, I, they just went right down the field, 79 yards. So I mean, I'd like to give it a a, a worse grade, but I think C is fair simply because I think I think they did do enough. To, having said all, all that, with Philip Lindsay, what he did to them, and, and not being able to get to Case Keenum enough. I think they still did enough to win the game, and they and they would have won if not for the for so many turnovers. So I'm going to give them a C. 
You know, I'm going to sound like an old man here, but I love this Lindsay kid. I hate his haircut, but I love this Lindsay kid. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I next thing you know, I'm going to shout out you kids, get off my darn lawn. Um, but <laughs> this guy, this guy is something special, and you know, it even overshadows the fact that they they have another special rookie running back in, in the form of Royce Freeman um, that uh, did a little bit yesterday, but Lindsay is just spectacular. When this team gets they going, something. they're going to be tough. And guess what? Denver's next four games are against – they're so winnable. They're against crappy opponents. Their next toughest game is December 30th at home against – the former San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles, comes to town. So, yeah, this is a team right now. They're on the precipice of the playoffs. I really like what's going on in Denver. Just I don't like when it goes against my Pittsburgh Steelers team, a team that still, as good as this team is becoming, Steelers had no business losing this game. So that's the bottom line to it. And I know some will disagree with that, but they had this game, the turnovers, what did it? But takes two to tango, and guess what? You don't just turn the ball over. The other team forces turnovers, too. So it's a little bit of both there, but just, I mean, you could take 14 points off the board right away, and then you throw in the the blocked field goal, that's another 17 points. Um, if you score one of those balls, I mean, everyone's talking about all these points. If you score on one of those fumbles, you don't turn over the ball, especially like the Grimble one. Then you're not going for it with Boswell to uh, Boswell to Villanueva. You're just taking the three at the half. Um, just something to point out there. Let's go to the phones right now. I have a very interesting phone call on hold that I can't wait to get to because I know it's going to be from a different perspective. But we need to go first to one of our Hall of Fame callers the perspective that I need to hear, especially after a loss, I need the soothing sounds of Vito from New Jersey. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Vito. Good, Vito. How are you? Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I did. Hope you, you guys had one. We did. Did you guys enjoy yours? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I wish the football was better. Throwing an AFC <laughs> team every once in a while, but... But uh, you know, it was it was nice, you know, uh, a nice uh, small holiday um, with uh, with uh, family, and it was just wonderful. I was listening to a couple of things today. I was listening to uh, Jeff Hartman and Lance. They had the uh, they had the game basically where they did like a forty minute show talking about recapping yeah, everything. Yeah, they- they do that pretty much after the game, and they do a nice yeah. job. Jeff and Lance do a great job yeah. on that. And then I always go into Steelers.com on Monday, and I was listening to Bob Labriola and Tunch Ilkin. And uh, Bob Labriola pointed out some good things. Tunch Ilkin thinks the team will be fine. All they need to do is button some things up. Bob Labriola thought the biggest problem is that the defense is not getting any turnovers. Like you guys are just saying, they're not taking the ball away. They're not intercepting the ball. Um, the other thing is, if, if if you look at the stats, why has been thrown 50 times in that game? Why aren't we more balanced? Why, is, why isn't he throwing it 30 times and running the ball 20, 25 times? Why are we getting away from that? Is there something they don't like about Connor that they see, or maybe he's not 100% since the concussion? Are they afraid of him? They want to save him? So that's definitely a concern that, you know, has got to be floating back there. We we don't know about the other thing is I thought the key the key drive to me what was weird about that game is when you saw the first the first drive and they go for the field goal and gets blocked. They said here we go. This is going to be one of those games. And then the Grimble play where all he had to really do was even go out of bounds inside the one yard line and and get the team at the one yard line and let them punch the ball in. I mean that was just foolish because when you get down to the last drive of the game when Ben throws the interception. Maybe we don't need a touchdown at that point because we probably have the lead and or it would be a tie game and then all we really would would need to do is kill clock and maybe kick a few ball and go up and then just have the defense, you know, do their thing. But the other key interception which you guys talked about where they were at 
50-yard line and been through that interception, Tunchokin pointed something out. Uh, Chris Harris, Jr., I believe, held Antonio Brown, grabbed his face mask, and the ref didn't call that a penalty for interference. And that's why he says that that ball got intercepted because everything happened so fast. But that should have been a penalty on Denver, and that in, and that's an interception that never happens. But, yeah, that interception there, I mean, without that interception there, we're moving the ball. And even if we don't score and we end up having a punt, think about it. We still have the lead, and it's a different ball game. So there were some key mistakes that were made in that game that I'm surprised were made for a team that's on a six-game, you know, winning streak, especially after getting away with the win last week. Probably should have lost the game last week. We were lucky to get out of there with a win. But I thought that we matched up really well against Denver, and I thought we did a lot of great things against Denver with the short passing game and everything. And we were just we were moving the ball like crazy. But you scratch your head thinking, how do you come out of this game where Ben throws for 462 yards? The key is the mistakes, mistakes at the wrong time. The Grimble mistake, which cost us points. The block field goal, which cost us points the Connor drive, which cost us points. And it brings you back to the AFC game. The, the Was it not the AFC, the, uh, the playoff game when they played against Peyton Manning where the young rookie got the ball punched out of his hand when we were running the ball. And who knows, that drive we probably would have scored and that cost us the game. Even though it didn't cost us the game at that moment, that was a turning point. So there was a few turning points in this game that I thought could have went the other way and we should have came away with a win. So my question to you guys is, and here we go, the next five games, if we go three and two, we're going to have 10 wins. Question is, is that enough to win the division? And is it enough to even get a bye? So those are, those are, those are the important things we have to ponder now with the way, you know, that game went yesterday. Let me know your thoughts. Well, you know what? I, you know what? Good analysis. I really like that. You know, bringing up Tun Shelkin, I think, Tunchelkin is a coach. In fact, they had offered him a coaching job at one point. He likes his job in the booth. And I think when he says something, I uh, I tend to I tend to take a long, hard look at it. Um, I'd like to go back to that play, and I didn't quite see the uh, the uh, face mask or the grab, but uh, I have only really watched that once or twice, so did not take a big look at it. Um, the bottom line to the whole thing is if they lose that game against Jacksonville last week, then, you know, there's no good feeling. There's like, oh, no, we're in trouble. But you hit the ball, you, you hit the nail right on the head when you look at losing the Denver game. In Denver, a tough place to play against a team that is better than their record right now and had a lot of narrow misses. And I look at this game, it's like, all right, I agree with Touch. You know, just button a few things up because you have a team that did everything they could to win on one side of the ball, and you did the steal. You had the Steelers that were doing everything they could to win, but unraveled because of because of you know, just dumb turnovers. And so, if you fix that, you're fine. Going three and two down the way. Gosh, I, I think that would be a little bit of a letdown. I mean, you would still most likely make the playoffs in, in that situation. You have a team right now that, that – well, you would because um, you have a team that's right now 6-5. and five And uh, – no, you wouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, talking, uh, I'm talking circles here. But you have a 6-5 and five Baltimore team right now. And if they win out, which I don't expect them to, but let's just say they win out, they're 11 and five, so you need four wins right now to against the perfect Baltimore record to go ahead and clinch that division. Um, because we know right now the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have worked themselves completely out of the division, and uh, they're done. I'm sticking a fork in Cincinnati, um, but as far as Baltimore goes, they have found life. You need to go four and one down. Down the stretch. Now, the uh, Los Angeles game and the New England game, both at home, both winnable games. The Cincinnati game at the end of the season, winnable game. Um, The Oakland game, very tough game. But if they are who we think they are, 
it's a winnable game. Um, the New Orleans game, you might want to hope that they clinch home field advantage in, in week 15 and decide to give everybody a nice Christmas holiday. Um, that's right now not a winnable game as I see it. But I really think that this team, if they're as good as we think they are, um, even before this Denver game, that they could go four and one down the stretch and they should be fine, Vito. Tony, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, if 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 we're worried about them being a Super Bowl team, they better be able to beat a team like San Diego and in and, and New England and and uh, well, New Orleans, like you said, they're I think they're a buzzsaw right now. But you know, as far as the, I think three and two will get in the division easily because uh, the Ravens, they have the Chiefs, they have the the uh, the Chargers, I believe. So they're not going to go five and zero. Oh. So three and two would definitely get you the division. But it's probably not going to get get you a buy. I, I think I think at this point they would have to go four and one, and that would give get them a what eleven four and one finish. So that even that might that might right there might be tough because I think the Patriots have their usual easy down the stretch schedule with the Bills and the Jets and teams like that. So they would almost have to at this point the way things shake out right now with the Texans and and, and the Patriots they might have to win out to get the buy. But we'll see. I think these next two weeks are going to be critical if they hold serve against the chargers if they do take care of business against the raiders if they're nine three and one going against the uh, patriots then you have a chance because it's a very it works to be a half a game back with with uh those three games left and if they beat the patriots then you're half game up with uh two games left depending on what what the uh, texans record is yeah they would have a a legit chance but they have to win these next two games i think to have a, a legit chance of getting a bye there you go, Vito. Good stuff. I had another question I want to throw out at you. Actually, a comment. Go ahead. You guys are not going to like. You're gonna, you guys are not going to like this. But when you do comparisons, I'm thinking yesterday, the final drive of the game where they have the ball, when Ben throws the interception. You think back to the game in New England, right? He makes right. the same exact so. play, same exactly. exact play in New England, right? And my thing is, why aren't we running the ball three times there to try to get it in? What are we we supposed to have one of the best offensive lines? Why are we not running the ball? Why are we passing the ball? Who was he throwing the ball to? There was nobody open. I mean, I love Ben because, you know, without him, this team never would be where they are. We'd never have a chance every week. We would never have the Super Bowls we had. But when you look at Tom Brady or you look at the elite quarterbacks, do they make mistakes like that in those situations? It's probably a rarity. It doesn't really happen. I think what happens with him is we get desperate. He's trying to force something, which he doesn't need to do, and and it ends up costing you the game. Why are we forcing things there? And I think part of the frustration is all game long, putting up all those yards, and then the fumbles, the mistake, you know, the turnover, the interception. And I think all that's going through his mind, and here we are at the end where we need a touchdown to win the game, and he's trying to force it, hoping that someone could make a play to get the touchdown where well, we don't need to do that. You run it four straight times. If you can't get in four straight times, we lose and you got to take it, and, and it is what it is. We tried. But I would think if you go down that road and you run the ball at least three times and you don't get it in, then you say, you know what, we're going to give it one more shot. If we can't get in on four tries, then we have to come back and do something better the following time. That's what I would do. But you know, I'm you just know. comparing. Yeah, good. I don't mind them passing the ball um, one time in that drive, but uh, you know, set it up with with the run, and then if you have to do play action, because we've seen what play action can do. They did it yesterday on the Grimble play. Um, you could do that. You could do so many things, and it seems like this is a play that they have circled in the playbook that they're trying to make work, and it's just not working. And not only did they do it against the Patriots, they did it last week against Jacksonville, and thank goodness Ryan Switzer was uh, nearly decapitated with that face mask last week, or they lose that game too. Unbelievable. It's a game of inches. There's nothing we could do, right? It's a beautiful game. Yep. Sometimes it makes you cry. <laughs> well, here we come down the stretch. Let's see what happens in the next five weeks. We will see you next week, and I think we'll be smiling next week. Uh, it's going to be a hard-fought game, but if they are who hey. we think they are, you know the rest. Don't forget, Denver beat the Chargers, right? And as good as the yep. Chargers are, they lost to Denver last week in 
in Los Angeles, nonetheless. So anything's possible. And their star running back, Melvin Gordon, will be on the shelf for next week's game. There you go. See what happens. All right, Vito. Thank you so much for talking this week. Thank you. See you, Vito. I love that guy. I I could listen to him all the time. In fact, you know how people talk about having uh, Morgan Freeman or uh, or uh, uh, James Earl Jones doing their uh, outgoing messages on their answering machines or uh, uh, their memorial service. I want Vito to voice mine. I I could listen to that guy all day long. Um, so now we've, we've got a special treat now. We're going to take another call, somebody who's been waiting patiently, and I believe by this phone number, it is a Maryland phone number where I am headquartered in Maryland, and it's somebody that I know, but it is not a black and gold fan. It is a fan of the blue and orange. And so let's go to the line, and I believe this is John on the line. John, are you there? I'm here. John, how are Hello? you this evening? John. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So now I set this up already that John is a good friend of mine and uh, he's uh, he has some redeeming qualities other than being a, uh, a Denver Bronco fan. He is a, he is a diehard pirates fan and a diehard penguins fan. So we have that in common. So we'll give this guy a little bit of a break, but I'm going to tell you, this guy is so much of a Denver Broncos fan. You've got to respect the fact that he names his only daughter after a legendary Denver Bronco. Is that correct? That's that's right. That's so I uh, yeah. tricked my wife into naming my daughter Bailey after Champ Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. I only got the dogs named Heinz and Palomalu years ago. They would not let she would not let me name the kids. So <laughs> so John, I well for sure um, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't tell her until after the name was already on the birth certificate. That that that's just brilliant. I, I I love it, and and just a beautiful child indeed. Um, so John, I, I want to talk about this game from your perspective of uh, being a diehard Denver fan, and you know you you've been on hold and you've heard us wax poetically about how how Pittsburgh blew the game, but what's your assessment of the game? And and uh, you can pull no punches if you're looking at this game from your perspective. What happened? Well, I mean, as I, I mean, I messaged you right after the game and basically said thank you. But um, <laughs> I mean, the game went the game went how a lot of Broncos games go. That they're a good enough team to hang in games, and they've got some talent. But uh, as I've discussed at length with you, I think that we have probably the worst coach in the NFL. And uh, I guess thanks uh, this time because I think that there were a few Steelers errors that outdid anything Vance Joseph could do to cost us the game this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I echo Vito's sentiment. My biggest surprise was that uh, Steelers didn't run the ball. I mean, uh, Connor, 13 carries, and um, after watching the Broncos get absolutely gashed by Isaiah Crowell earlier this year and then, you know, less embarrassingly by Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley. Um, I was just shocked that they threw the ball 56 times. And, um, you know, it, it was almost like the Steelers didn't didn't game plan for a game where they were ahead or within seven. They, the last few times we've played, you guys, it's been uh, the Broncos have kind of had the lead and the Steelers have had to throw it a little bit. And it's almost like they forgot how to play against us when the game was close. But uh, well, you know I was happy to hear you give some – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, John. Oh, the, the other thing I was going to say from my perspective is very happy to hear you give some some uh, Philip Lindsay love because it was nice to uh, – feels like we might have actually hit – I know he wasn't drafted. might have actually hit on a decent draft class last year. Obviously, too early to tell. Uh, always been taking a lot of flack for uh, some draft classes over the past five years and really like what I'm seeing from Chubb and Freeman and uh, Lindsay, who was undrafted. But also uh, Josie Jewell, who played in the middle middle linebacker spot, uh, he's been starting the last few games. So uh, it's it's definitely exciting to see these these young guys uh, step up for Denver. Um, I like Cortland Sutton a lot too, um, but and uh, some of the tight ends. But you know, it was, it was a unique game. I mean, it was it was definitely the most inventive I've seen the Broncos play calling on offense. 
some of those uh, misdirection plays. Uh, Tony Romo really pointed it out that really they weren't uh, beating the Steelers' defense as much like straight up head-to-head. They ran had some success running the ball, but a lot of the bigger pass plays were very creative play designs. The you know some fake screens where they dumped it into the middle to the tight end. Um, some of the the fake bubble screens and things like that where they were leaking guys up the seam. And uh, that's stuff that really they, they definitely game planned for this week. Um, so I, I definitely am interested to see what you think about the, the Steelers' game plan on offense, though, and why you felt they threw, they threw the ball so much. Well, uh, John, you know, we, we hit on this earlier in the show, but we were teasing it for later, and the theme of tonight's podcast is, are the Steelers using James Conner right? And look, yeah, I realize he he did have that fumble, but I cannot. I'm not complaining about 54 yards on um, the amount of carries that he had. He averaged right at four yards a carry. And here here's the thing, though. I'm complaining about the carries, and the reason I'm complaining about the carries is every time that he has under 14 carries, this team loses. I know it's a set up the uh, it's it's a set up the. Uh, run with the pass type of league now, but Pittsburgh does very well when they set up the the pass with the run. And so in this situation, I want to see them use Connor Moore. And Tony, I'm going to ask you, Tony, do you think that they are utilizing James Connor the wrong way, like I do? I, I think they're, they're preserving him now because I think they're afraid that they're not going to have him for the playoffs based on what's happened to them in the past. They've lost so many running backs at the end of season heading into the playoffs. I think they're afraid of that again. And and I don't think it's much of a coincidence that this all started when Le'Veon Bell, when a deadline passed. So I think that's, do I think they're using them wrong? Yeah, because uh, so much of their, their offense, just like it did with Bell, it, it, it flowed through, through uh, James Conner when they were, when they were having success against, against uh, um, the Browns, against the, the Falcons, against the, the, you know, Ravens, Bengals. And passing through his tight ends and receivers, and like they were at the end of the, at the beginning of the year or middle part of the year when they were having their best success on offense, are they using them wrong? I don't know because again, it all comes down to those mistakes they made yesterday. If they don't make those mistakes, then it's a masterful offensive performance. So I don't know if they're using them wrong, but they're definitely using them much differently, and I don't know if, what, what we can expect now over these last five games. Are they going to keep preserving him, or are they going to uh, let him loose like, like they did the middle of the season? I guess we'll have to find out. Hopefully uh, hopefully it'll it'll be positive no matter what they decide to do. Yeah, but I, I guess my comment on that, too, is even if you're going to conserve Connor, I mean, they talked on the phone, and, and maybe I don't, I don't watch a ton of Steelers games, but they talked on the telecast yesterday, Tony Roma, about how much they like Samuels. I mean, it doesn't have to be Connor carrying the ball, right? I mean, the Broncos were getting gassed. I mean, they got gassed by Isaiah Correll, who was basically, you know, run of the mill. I just, with the Steelers' offensive line being, you know, improving every year, I was just so shocked that, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ben gassed us. I mean, we we have really had no business winning the game uh, based on, you know, head-to-head, if it wasn't for the turnovers, the Broncos don't win. Um, I think that's almost a certainty. Um, if there's one thing I know, it's that, you know, we're not going to be able to keep up with a team that has a really good offense and puts up a lot of points to play these, these 24-17 type games to win. And uh, I was just so shocked that, I mean, especially after the Connor fumble, I don't I don't even, did they even run a running play? Um, <laughs> they, uh, a few they of them. did down towards the down towards the goal line, but uh, not not very many after that. No, um, and the running play that they did run, which was a very unimaginative, uh, it was a a snap, uh, a shotgun snap, and a delayed handoff to Connor, which I mean, it got a couple yards, but just just not enough at that point. And uh, you it did answer a question that I was going to go ahead and ask you there, John if you really thought that the uh, Steelers won this game, I mean, excuse me, Denver won this game or the Steelers lost this game. And uh, 
and that's the answer that I was thinking that the Steelers gave this game away. I'm not taking anything away from Denver. I think that their 2019 team is going to be fantastic, and I actually think that this is a, a playoff team at this point this year with the way things are going. It's uh, it's going to go down to Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Denver at this point. Um, and with a very favorable schedule for Denver coming up, their toughest game being against Los Angeles coming up week 17, could very well get them in. So we will go ahead and see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate all your comments. And uh, I, I got to say, Tony, you can help me answer this question. Uh, not not bad. I mean, it's tough to come into enemy territory. Um, being a Denver fan, after, after beating the beloved Pittsburgh Steelers here, and uh, I tell you what, he did a great job, and he was very cordial towards us when he could have really rubbed it in, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, he had a lot of class, so uh, I guess uh, I guess that must be a common theme in Maryland. I mean, it's it's uh, of <laughs> then again, he is a Penguins and Pirates fan, so I guess he, there is a little bit of Pittsburgh in his heart. So maybe maybe we just taking it easy on us. I, I hate to see what he would say to the Raiders, though. If he, if he called a Raiders podcast, <laughs> that might be a little bit different. Oh, gosh. I, I've, I've heard him talk about the Chiefs, too. Uh, don't get him started <laughs> on uh, Tyreek Hill. Right, John? Uh, oh, I'm not a, not a fan of Tyreek. We don't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, John, thanks so much. Um, I will talk to you soon. And, uh, you know, normally you're not supposed to have uh, inside jokes on the show, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed what Lamar Miller's doing right now in the uh, the Houston game, but I'll just say thanks for the trade. Zach Ertz was worth yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to check that out. I've, I have the game on record when I get inside, so I saw his, I saw his long <laughs> run before I left, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving but, that. I'll do, see do, you in the do finals. Do me a favor. <laughs> Do me do me a favor and beat up on the Chargers next week because uh, you know yeah. I wouldn't pencil them into the playoffs just yet. They got a pretty tough schedule down the stretch, so hopefully I'm I'm hoping we get to that Week 17 game and it actually matters. But I'm not I'm not terribly <laughs> faithful with our coach going on the road even even against some teams like Cincinnati. I'm a little bit a little bit worried. Our coach doesn't coach us up very well on the road. Well, uh, Cincinnati's an good luck. Team good right luck now, the rest so. of the season. All right, thanks, John. John John from Maryland, big Broncos fan. Great to have him on the show. Had, I'd love to have him on other times because the guy is a wealth of uh, wealth of just NFL knowledge and, uh, and hey, all kinds stuff. of football altogether. So, uh, you know, definitely a good dude. And uh, John and I are teammates. On I, You know how on Monday nights I usually play trivia. I didn't play tonight. And John and I are teammates on a championship trivia team. So, uh, and it's not just sports. And, I uh, chip in with the uh, the sports and the music, and he and uh, our other teammates just carry carry me with everything else. So, <laughs> with that being said, let, let's keep it going, Tony, and uh, let's go uh, let's go back to Jersey. We've got Ken on the line, and I want to see what he has to say. Ken, how are you, buddy? Hey guys, I'm I'm doing doing great right now. Doing better than yesterday. <laughs> You uh, you recovering? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm recovering. You know what? It's certain losses, um, like the Baltimore loss earlier this season. I, I barely raised my voice. It was just like you know we're just getting our butts kicked. You know, that game. That's what these type of games are the hardest for me. Um, it's just oh man, I, if you if you just say a word that starts with an X right now, I might lose my mind. You just Xavier Grimble, just anything. You can say xylophone. You can say it's just X-ray. Oh my gosh! And the worst Uh, part is his explanation. Did you see his explanation? Inexcusable. Oh yeah. Talked about that at the beginning. Oh my! That that was horrible. Oh my god! You gotta be kidding me! Like what? He's in my doghouse for the rest of the season and no longer on the team. Just for I yeah, mean, not, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't cut him now. I don't cut him now, but he's in my doghouse because that's putting yourself before the team. You don't go to punish the guy. You score the touchdown. That's why I'm excusing James Conner for his fumble. Conner was putting in an extra effort. 
Connor wasn't going for style points. He was putting an effort. He fumbled. Right. It was still, it's bad. Right. It's bad to fumble and turn the ball over. He was at least trying to do something. This guy was going for style points, and you know Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin doesn't go for style points. No, like you, you can bet that you know Mike Tomlin will never put um, put any of his his guys on blast in, in public on the media. You can. I can bet you any amount of money that he's letting Xavier Grimble have it, and he's probably – Tomlin is the type that will say a couple things to the tight end, but he'll let James Daniel have it. He, he coaches his coaches. A lot of people ask, what does Tomlin do? I, I think that's what he does. He's more of a CEO, um, so he coaches his coaches hard. So um, I can tell by how the coaches respect him. You know, So that was, that was tough. Um, you'll never get those that, – that you can really say – that was seven points right there. So because of that and the blocked field goal, I feel like that altered the possibility of having more of a running game. I don't think that – I think they wanted to throw it to open up the run, and I think they would have done so successfully had they been leading or just kind of, you know, not been behind for so long. And then I did notice, too, once they went up 17-10, they got the ball back. And then they started a drive where they started to just pound it. They brought Rosie Nixon. They had a couple of nice runs, but the drive stalled. I believe it's around maybe around midfield, and they didn't, you know, they couldn't continue. But they started to do it, and then Denver went right back down and scored in two plays, I believe. So that kind of changed things then too. Um, so I think they were trying to get there, and it just didn't work out. Um, it was very frustrating because they really did give it away. Ben needs to stop. I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, the guy's uh, he got blocked into. It's one of the most fluky interceptions. I Like, dude, you need to stop, man. No. You, Bradley Roby was going to pick that ball off anyway. Just just stop it. That was a bad stop, pass. Stop with this. Yeah, stop it. Like, you've done that. You've, you've done that same play and that same interception maybe four different times. So just take, take it on a chin. Man, I, I can't make that play. Got to get better. You know, it's on me. That's it. Three three statements, and that's it. But um, listen. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm still I'm still high on the team. Um, I, I am. You know, nobody they weren't killing us. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was killing Joe Hayden. You know, it's, it's just one of those matchups. You know, he he can shut down Julio Jones, but just different bodies and you know quickness quickness. You know, AB used to kill Joe Hayden. I think Joe Hayden is not as good with those those shorter, shifty, fast, quick change of direction receivers. So um, that's all that was. I agree. I'm still high on the team, though. I, You know what? I'm glad you said that because I am too. And when we were talking to uh, John, the uh, our Broncos fan, um, he was basically saying that, you know, the uh, the Broncos didn't win this game as much as Pittsburgh lost the game. And, hey, look, and we talked about this earlier. You have, if you lose the Denver, if you lose the Jacksonville game, then it's a – you're throwing your hands up in the air and you're going, oh, God, whoa, we're dead. We can't rebound from this because this was the worst performance. But, you know, this was a good performance that ended because of penalties. So it wasn't the game plan as much. I wanted to see them put the ball in the hands of James Conner more. I think they lose when, when he – has the ball less than 14 times a game. So you got to make sure right. that he gets his 20 carries a game. And I think that that's going to change a lot of things for this team. Um, this was a tougher opponent than, than they were on paper. This was not a letdown game. Um, I'm calling it a letdown, but it, it wasn't one of those situations where you're playing a 2-9 and nine team that uh, – that has no business beating you, and you just played down to your competition. They didn't play down to competition. They they didn't at no. all. They played to win that game. They lost it because of turnovers. And if you're losing it to turnovers, I can excuse that so much more than just not putting any heart into it. Um, that's why I'm giving Connor a break, and I'm putting Grimble in the doghouse because yeah, that you were just playing for style points. And you were playing. Yeah, that was just, that was premeditated. That was premeditated. I can't I can't deal with. And that. that's the, and that's the difference there, Tony. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And as far as, as far as the Broncos, I mean, Mike Tomlin said it as much in his press conference. It was not a. This is a very good, battle-tested team in a tough division that already played the Chiefs twice. 
played the Chargers, I think, once or twice, once. So it was a very good team. They had Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, they had Philip Lindsay, you know, they have a, a decent team that just had a, you know, a, a, a bad, a bad uh, draw in their division. So, and yet you still outplayed them, and you just made too many miscues at the end to, or throughout the game, and, and that's why you lost. So, I don't, I, I don't call this a letdown game or a trap game or anything. It was just a, a bad, you know, a tough place to play. They've historically played bad there, and and and, and, and they seem to be kind of snake bit there, and it showed again yesterday. And I can live with this loss. Um, what I can't live with is a loss against a Los Angeles team next week. Even though they're a very good team and they've shown it, um, you have to rebound. And this team, we've got primetime Ben coming up next week, and we love what primetime Ben can do. What they do at home primetime Ben is is a juggernaut. So we're hoping he gets back to that, and typically he rebounds um, when he has these interception games. And it's it's uh, something that uh, hopefully we don't have to worry about. So, Ken, going forward, what do you think of next week's opponent? Yeah, next week is going to be tough, but I'm, I'm – color me, like, not – I'm not sold on the charges. I'm just not. I think Phillip Rivers is one quarterback. He is a great quarterback. He gets the biggest pass of any franchise top-level quarterback that I can remember. No one gives Phillip Rivers anything for not making the playoffs. They, they, they get at Eli like crazy. They get at Ben for not beating Brady. They got on Peyton for not being Brady and, and losing in the playoffs after having one seed. Phillip Rivers goes under the radar. Oh, he's such a gamer and everything. And I like Phillip Rivers. I, I would have been fine if they drafted him, if the Steelers drafted him instead. But – um. I'm, I mean, he, they lost a couple years ago with Mike with Michael Vick in in San Diego. I'm I'm not you know, we'll we'll see. So I know they're good. Um, I think we'll be up to the challenge, and I expect us to win. Um, one one thing I'll say, um, I just gotta call it like it is. James Conner has the yips. Um, it's in his head. You can see it in his body language. He looks distraught on the sideline. He has the yips. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of Jalen Daniels. I like the way he he looks sudden in the game. You know, I like – I think he's going to start getting more of um, – more burn and more of the passing situation. So although I don't think we're going to see James Conner getting 30 touches moving forward. Um, I think Tomlin has seen it a couple times, and you want to protect him because he is the future. But let's 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 get more touches out of the running game. Uh, with Jalen Samuels. I, I'd like to see what's there more because I think he's a little more shifty in the open field because he is more of a receiver than Connor is. I could live with that too. And with Melvin Gordon not playing next week, that uh, you always want to play a team at full strength and you want to play them at their best. But I'm the fact that Melvin Gordon's not going to be in that game doesn't hurt my feelings as Far as like, uh, I like the break from from a good franchise running back like that. Um, so uh, you know, I'll take it because uh, we've been in that position too, where we didn't have a star out. And one guy that we have not mentioned this entire time, Tony, has been Stephon Tuitt. And I think the running defense is really missing Stephon Tuitt the last couple of weeks. I think if he's in there, it makes a big difference. So that's the guy you want to get back and get back in, in a hurry. But uh, with that being said, Ken, thank you so much. We really appreciate your insight, and uh, hopefully we will ha- be having a, a great Monday night talking about a win over the Chargers. Yeah, 8-3-1. and one. We win that game. Nobody's talking about this Denver game. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, have a good See week, buddy. All right, guys. I love the Garden State, Tony. These these guys from the Garden State, we we have a good yeah. representation. BTSC and Steeler Nation has good representation in the state of New Jersey. Um, love Ken and love Vito, and I, I love the contributions of those guys every week. So we're coming to the end of the show. Um, had a good show. We, we had some good conversation. I'm actually feeling better, and I'm feeling better about this loss just knowing that uh, this is not a lost cause. And uh, Ken brought something up very interesting about James Conner. You know, I agree with the yips. I know uh, 
we talked, Jeff Hartman would talk about how Chris Boswell had the yips. And I don't really think that we can say that, that Boswell has that anymore. I feel that uh, that somehow has gotten corrected. Um, I, I will always say that James Conner is a combat runner. And so he is going to, uh, he is going to put down the, put the ball on the ground a little bit more. Um, I kind of wish he did leave his feet yesterday, but it was in effort's sake. But I think going forward, James Conner needs the touches. I have no problem with Jalen Samuels getting more, but James Conner continues to need to be trusted because he's a big part of this team, a big part of their success. And for me, I think he can overcome this, and I don't think he's a lost cause. So there's no need to uh, say that, okay, Le'Veon said he's gone, and then then Connor just uh, you know stopped caring. No, this guy cares more than anything, Tony. You could see it on his face. You could see how oh, traumatized he is. And he is a team player. And so I will ride with this guy anytime. And I think he's going to uh, be big again for this team once again going forward. But going forward for next week, Los Angeles rolls into town with a hot quarterback, without a running back, with a good defense. What do you expect to happen? I think it's going to be a crazy, exciting game. I think it's going to be one of those one-point games. I mean, you have two defenses that don't really take the ball away. You know, um, I think Pittsburgh probably has the edge in pass rush, and they're probably going to have the edge at running back now with uh, – with Gordon out, and, and they have the edge receiver, so I think they have the, they have the better offense. But like you said, Philip Rivers is just red hot right now. He had 28 of 29 yesterday. Uh, he's having an excellent year. I mean, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. So I think it could be one of those. I'm going to say, if I predict the score, like maybe 30 to 29, somebody misses an extra point somewhere because that usually happens now. It's like in, in, in it's in vogue now for them to miss extra points. But it's not going to be it, – it, they're going to win 30-29. to 29. It's going to be sort of like the 08 game, but much higher scoring. I'll go with 38-35. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring as well. Um, remember Austin Eichler. He can play just as well. Um, he's filling in yeah, for uh, uh, Melvin Gordon. And uh, they, they're they not going to just uh, – throw it all away because uh, they don't have their top running back. Um, this is a good team coming in, but good teams play well when they have to. Great teams should win after an ugly loss like this. And it's a letdown loss. And we're going to see, I, I, I quote the late, great Denny Green all the time, we're not going to let them off the hook. We know who we are. If we if they are yes. who we say they are, they're going to win this game. So um, with that being said, let's hope so. We'll put the Denver loss behind us and uh, forge ahead. I'm still proud to be a part of uh, Steeler Nation. I'm proud to be here every week on the Hangover with you, Tony Duffio. Absolutely. I mean, we've been doing a show now for, what, a year and a half? It was like the sixth time that they've lost since we've been doing a show together. So, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we're spoiled. It's yeah, we're spoiled. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, they were on a six-game winning streak, and it was going to come to an end eventually, and, and they weren't going to win out probably. So, you had to expect one or two losses down the stretch. And, and it, was the, it was the perfect example of a team beating itself. So, if they clean up those mistakes, they'll be fine, and I think they'll be fine next week and down the stretch. And I can't wait to talk to you again a week from, week from tonight. All right, it sounds great. For Tony Defio and Behind the Steel Curtain, for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs, whether it's breaking news, whether it's commentary, whether it's uh, satire, you have it all. Ten new articles a day. Plus, don't forget all the other uh, platforms that you can go ahead and listen to our podcast on, especially Vito mentioned it earlier. We, he mentioned uh, Lance and Jeff on uh, the recap after the game, on the post-game. Um, Jeff and uh, Lance once again on Wednesday nights with the Standard is the Standard, and Jeff and I on Thursday nights with the, uh, the preview show. So uh, lots of stuff to go ahead and, uh, 
and listen to, lots of stuff to go ahead and read. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, this is your place. So check it out. But once again, for Tony Defio and Behind the Steel Curtain, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I want to remind you that you've just been hungover. Good night. Earning an executive MBA at Georgetown isn't the path of least resistance, but it does come with the greatest reward. Benefit from our strong alumni network, renowned faculty, D.C. location, and global residencies. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com EMBA. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.